0: you are listening to a new episode of beyond the curtain podcast presented by the outlaw wrestling network ah uh... Scorpio Sky, but hey, anyways, now that I got your attention, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, strap yourselves in, ready to buckle up and take a ride as we go beyond the curtain and debut a couple of new things here. I appreciate you guys for listening to this podcast and boy, oh boy, this is going to be an episode for the ages. That's right. We've got... Uh, uh, All Elite Wrestling Dynamite review from November 13th. I know when I'm, I'm recording this, it is November the 19th, so literally a day before the new episode of Dynamite hits the air on TNT. I'm going to do a quick review of the post full gear, first episode of Dynamite post full gear. And, uh, well, we got uh, we a little bit of rebuttal. We got somebody in the OWN. No, not the One Warrior Nation, not the Oprah One Free Network. I'm talking about the Outlaw Wrestling Network, who has said some interesting things and of course it's his own opinions so i don't discriminate against his own opinions but when you say your opinions you're bound to get responses we all know a friend of the show james host of taking the bump has already had his response you're gonna get ours here on this episode of beyond the curtain so strap yourselves in ladies and gentlemen got a great show here for you uh debuting that as we call the curtain call that'll be our topic of the episode which will be our response to our friend randall over at unhinged wrestling podcast we're also going to do a debut a new segment called the on this day cue the edge theme song uh, on this day in wrestling history and i'm going to be doing it by the date that i'm recording this which is november the 19th so strap yourselves in ladies and gentlemen And get ready to go beyond the curtain with myself. But first, before we dive into that, I believe we have a special guest who's got to take care of some business like we always do on the show. Take it away, Macho Man Randy Savage. He is too hot to handle and too cold to hold and too sweet to be sour and the cream of the crop. That is the Macho Man Randy Savage doing that from heaven. Appreciate you doing that there, macho. Anyway, so guys, before we get into our All Elite Wrestling Dynamite review from November the 13th, I do want to get into our brand new segment called On the Stay in Wrestling History. So let's go on the stay in wrestling history, shall we? I think we should. 53 years ago today on November the 19th, in Omaha, Nebraska, Mad Dog Vachon defeated Dick the Bruiser to win the AWA Road Heavyweight Championship for the fifth time. 29 years ago at a WWF Superstars taping in Rochester, New York, Mr. Perfect defeated the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich of the famous Von Erich family to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Interesting, interesting for sure. So, on down the list here and just kind of going about a couple little things there. 19 years ago today, WWF Survivor Series from the Ice Palace in Tampa, Florida. You had all sorts of great things that happened there, including Steve Watson and Triple H fighting to a no contest at a no disqualification match. I don't know how that's possible, but... Uh, so, Cold lifted Triple H's car on a forklift and dropped it 30 feet upside down with Triple H inside. Basically, Stone Cold attempted to kill Triple H on pay-per-view. Anyways, 18 years ago today, a Raw from right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Woo! The night after Survivor Series 2001, where it was winner-take-all between the invasion angle of the WWF versus the Alliance. Paul Heyman was replaced on commentary by Jerry the King Lawler, Lawler, who returned. The Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club was born with William Regal becoming the first member. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Shane and Stephanie McMahon were fired from the WWF because they were associated with the alliance, uh, so they were two. Um. But, uh, yeah. Uh, in the show's final segment, Ric Flair returned to the WWF after early 1993. Very interesting how that works. <clears throat>
1: um,
0: in 2007, on November the 19th, Abyss defeated Sting by disqualification to be the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion at TNA Genesis. Pretty interesting. And in 2007 also, uh, on that day, Chris Jericho made his return to the WWE after a two-year absence. Excuse me, that was 2006, the TNA Genesis one. 2007, a year later, was Chris Jericho making his return after the Save Us Y2J promos. He came to return us from Randy Orton as he was coming for the WWE Championship. On this day, birthday-wise, happy late birthday. This will be the 59th birthday of Miss Elizabeth. How apropos that the Macho Man Randy Savage gave us that elusive promo for Anchor. And he did that on Miss Elizabeth's 59th birthday. God bless Miss Elizabeth. God bless the Macho Man Randy Savage. And that's on this day in wrestling history, guys. Uh, definitely some cool stuff there. Hopefully that's something we can keep doing from here on out. And, uh, yeah, so appreciate a fellow friend of the show who helped me look up some of that stuff, proposed that idea for us, so appreciate that. So, guys, when we come back, we're talking about AEW Dynamite, getting through the review portion of it, talk about it, digest it right here and Beyond the Curtain. We've got a friend of the show that is going to be plugging his podcast, so guys, pay attention to that. And I'll catch you guys right back here in just a moment.
1: Well, howdy-ho there, motherfuckers. It's James Beatley. I hope you're enjoying the content on the Beyond the Curtain podcast. And as a member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network, I'd like to just take a moment and plug my podcast, the Taken the Bump podcast. Um, it is a weekly Podcast. I try to at least put out one episode a week um, going through the hottest topics in professional wrestling. Um, I tend to focus more on impact wrestling and all elite wrestling, um, but I will span the entire uh, profession, the entire genre of professional wrestling. Um, for more info and to listen to our previous episodes, Follow me on twitter at t the b podcast and follow me on Facebook taking the bump podcast um y'all can message me y'all can comment uh get in touch with me ask me questions if y'all wanna partner up in any way um be a guest on the show. I'll gladly take all questions and comments uh send them to me. On either of my social medias. It's James Beatley, host of the Taking the Bump podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled content.
0: Appreciate Sir James Beatley with his crazy mouth. That's all right. Much rather have people be who they are and not pretend they're somebody they are not. So, guys, please check out the Taking the Bump podcast with James. Friend of the show and member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network as he does a show every week. Appreciate him tuning in. He's also got his rebuttal of our famous uh, curtain call moment that's going to be happening here at the end of the show where we do respond to Randall and his uh, um, podcast, essentially. So give our thoughts and opinions about that. You can listen to that on James' new episode of the the Taking the Bump podcast as he gives his response to the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. So, guys, let's get into the All Elite Wrestling Dynamite review from November the 13th, 2009, live from Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville Municipal Auditorium, famous building that held, I think, a couple of starcades there. Had a, a couple different wrestling shows there as well. So it's nice to see wrestling back in the old Nashville arena, not the new one, uh, downtown in Bridgeport Arena. I think it's called it that. But anyways, so this is the first episode of, post-Full Gear, which was, I think, a very, very, very good pay-per-view. I think it did a little above, north of the 100,000 buy rate, which for a pay-per-view these this day and age, especially wrestling one, it's not WrestleMania, maybe not of the Big Four. Very good job for them. Very good show, top-to-bottom, I thought, including the buy-in, the one match that featured B. Priestley versus Burt Baker. Very good match there. They Debuted Awesome comedy. with her new crazy character as Brandy with the psycho sidekick manager, Valet. Very nice to see that. And top-to-bottom, Starting from Santana and Ortiz, Pride and Powerful versus the Young Bucks, all the way down to the very end uh, of the AEW card, which featured Cody versus Jericho for the world title, and then finishing up with a lights out match between Moxley and Omega. Just top to the bottom, a crazy show, great show. Um, featured a little bit of everything. You have the high flying spots you're used to seeing, the acrobatics, the luchadoristic-type maneuvers, your ground-to-pound wrestling game. You've also got the bloody uh, wrestling there as well. So, I mean, you had it all. So, it's good to see. But let's dive into this. We get a nice video package, kind of basically recapping full gear from Baltimore, Maryland. Then we get a nice pyro edition. We go straight into John Moxley versus Michael Naka. 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 Nakazawa. Uh... Some people claim they don't like seeing wrestling matches that have no build-up and no meaning behind them. Why are they fighting? I understand that. If you saw the uh, video package they aired right before this match of the update on Kenny Omega, how he was doing after full gear with that brutal match with John Moxley in the non-sanctioned lights-out match, a bunch of scars and scratches on his back, a black eye on his right eye, just truly beat up for sure. And Nakazawa was right there in the Dodgers office kind of giving some uh, you know, encouraging uh Signs, I guess, and 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 comments towards Kenny Omega. So maybe Nakazawa is fighting Moxley. It's kind of a revengeful thing for his friend. Uh, either way, it did not end up very well. Nakazawa had that little baby oil that he's uh, his little gimmick that he's used to doing. Drops that. Tries to go after Moxley with a quick start and a quick attack. Uh, immediately turned over to uh, John Moxley on the offense. Mox takes control. Hits Paradigm Shift for the win. Minute ten seconds in and out. John Moxley gets the win over. Michael Nakazawa. After the match, our dear friend John Moxley had a promo, basically saying that he uh, took Kenny Omega to school, essentially. He credits Kenny Omega, but he challenges anyone with balls to basically fight him, and um, Seeing so, you know, that nobody in that AEW locker room can uh stop him on becoming the last person standing in AEW. Good promo, good intensity here from Moxley. Shows his uh you know unscripted violence, unscripted uh character. Truly enjoying the run he's on at the moment. So uh it's good to see that. He also gave a little uh a little uh under the bridge shout uh not shout up, but a dig to Tony Khan when he uh first he grabbed the mic I the not and he said it's his count because uh Moxley was very pissed off at Tony Khan, when they announced it was a lights-out match, non-sanctioned that it would not affect either one of their records. So, nice little dig there. We go to match number two, which is the Dark Order versus the Jurassic Express, which features Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. Randall's got a lot of comments on Marco Stunt that we'll get into a little bit later on our main edition, brand new edition of the uh, main topic of the evening, The Curtain Calls. I like to call it here on Beyond the Curtain where we do respond to Randall's comments um, on his podcast that he did this past week. Stay tuned for that. But anyways, back to Dynamite. not a fan of the Dark Order, man. They had that nice little debut at Double or Nothing, made everybody kind of anticipate what was going to happen, and then it just kind of stopped. And it's like, where does this go? Does it go anywhere? No. Okay, so Dark Order comes out first. Those are little creepy stuff. And then a the Jurassic Express does come out. Um, you know, even though I'm not a fan of the Dark Order, Stu Grayson can't be a viable singles wrestler, man. He's got some talent in the ring. Fix up his gimmick a little bit or make it more believable. Um, I think he might be a decent wrestler, so we'll see how that go. And Jungle Boy can be a breakout star too, man. He's just uh he's over the crowd. He's uh still young, he's still growing into his body. I think he says he wants to get to like one ninety, and you look at his frame, you're like, how the hell are you gonna get to one ninety? But hey. Good for you, kid. Um so yeah, I mean I think Jungle Boy is just a, a breakout star in the making here for AEW. There was a botch in the match for sure. Marco was trying to bounce from the middle rope, I think, to the top rope. He missed or he tried to jump from the top rope. Missed it, landed on the middle rope, and um instead of the kind of the botch looking really bad, uh Jungle Boy kicked Stu in the gut to kind of set up for that aerial maneuver, uh that um, double team maneuver from Jungle Boy and Marco. So could have been a lot worse. A good save there by Jungle Boy. It it, it made the botch end up not being as bad. So credit to him for there. Um, At the end of the match, though, a nice finisher there set up by uh, um, the Dark Order, a blockbuster into a flatliner, essentially. And the Dark Order does get the win in about a little over seven minutes of TV time. Uh, Of course, it's a little longer because in the crowd when they're on TV commercial crowd does get to see a little bit more of that. So TV-wise, you did get to see about a little over seven minutes of this. After the match, Evil Uno comes in and basically tries to lure Marco stood into to join the Dark Order. Never heard Evil Uno talk in my life. It was weird, but it was interesting. He sounded a lot like Kevin Owens. Not sure how to feel about that. But a nice little promo. It set up the return of the Luchasaurus to AEW and the Jurassic Express to a very nice pop. And this crowd in Nashville, definitely on fire uh, throughout the whole show. Uh, definitely did a great job. It was a post-pay-per-view crowd. Just absolutely insane. Um, you would have thought that the pay-per-view was in Nashville just based on those reactions alone. But uh, good job to Nashville. Sure to seem like a whole lot of fun in the crowd. So glad everybody enjoyed it. Um, Luchasaurus got a great pop. Beat the crap out of the Creepers. Did a nice little kick to Sue Grayson, did a little uh, sidekick to three members of the Creepers, and uh, stood tall with Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. And I've, I've said this before on this podcast, I think when Luchasaurus did come back, that the uh, Jurassic Express would probably go in a nice little tear, march towards a contendership role maybe in the tag team division. Now that they're back, I think they're 0-6 or 0-7 or something like that, 0-something. It's time for them to get a win, especially with the muscle, the group, the powerhouse. Luchasaurus back. Let's let the boys get a little bit of a win, get some momentum, climb that back inside the rankings there for sure. <clears throat> next match we got on the show in the next segment. It's a triple threat match between Peter Avalon, Sean Spears, and Darby Allen. I'm not exactly sure what the deal was with, with throwing this match together, but it brought you know more TV time for people like Peter Avalon, to uh, Sean Spears, for sure. Darby Allen's had some. Uh, Nice TV time here on Dynamite in the last month or so. But it's good to see Sean Spears um, on back-to-back weeks. He was on the go-home show that we went to in Charlotte. um, And then he was also on this show as well. So it was nice to see that for sure. Uh, The match started off really weird. Peter Avalon was cutting a promo about the uh, singers in Nashville and then mentioned a couple names and got cut off to Darby Allens' music. Not sure about that, but it is what it is. It was very weird. Um, But, anyways, uh, Darby comes out, man, he's over with the crowd. Uh, Darby Allen, I think, is also going to be another breakout star for this company. Um, Sean Spears, I I personally enjoy him and Darby Allen. Um, I hope Sean does get a good push here soon. I do think he can work on his in ring style a little bit, either become a little more aggressive, a little more mean. Take more control. Be more control. You know, uh, be top-notch heel. Got Zulie Blanchard, one of the best ever in the business. So that mindset uh, that he can bring to Sean Spears can definitely elevate his game, elevate his character, elevate his uh, in-ring work as well. So be great to see what the future holds for Sean Spears. I do hope he gets a push here. It's nice to see him on TV. Always nice to see Darby Allen on TV as well. Um, however, in the match. Joey Janela comes down, and takes out Sean Spears, and I was okay with this because you know they had to set up a quick feud for full gear last week, where it had—I uh, don't remember who Sean Spears attacked, but he attacked somebody, and then Janela came in and beat him up. So it was nice that even though they had a match of full gear, that the feud is not yet over between the two, between Janela and Spears. So I'm interested to see how this goes and how this prolongs into down the road, either at a very very nicely built up match to a pay-per-view maybe a couple matches on Dynamite tagging matches on Dynamite whatever the case may be should be very interesting and I'm uh, digging it good to see what will happen Um, so that took out uh, Spears in a match left uh, Darby Allin and Peter Avalon a stunner into a coffin drop um, or stunner and then turned into a top rope coffin drop from Darby Allin on Peter Avalon he got the win at 345 so um, you know, three matches back to back to back that didn't get over ten minutes. Something Randall did post a lot in, in that uh, podcast, but we'll get into that. So uh, interesting that uh, some of these matches don't have as much TV time as they had before, mainly because we're recapping full gear. You know, setting up some new stuff, putting in some new talent on TV. So interesting for sure. We get to Darby Allen after the match. Gets on the microphone and he accepted John Moxley's challenge. He accepted John Moxley's challenge, and these two are going to square off next week, which is actually tomorrow night, as of this recording. If you're listening to this, it's either tomorrow night or tonight, on TNT from Indianapolis, Indiana, eight seven Central on TNT. I got Darby Allen versus John Moxley. It's gonna be a hell of a fight. And that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be an all out brawl, a fight, craziness. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be awesome. We get to the fourth match on the show. We got Nyla Rose versus Danny Jordan, or Danny Jordan, excuse me, um, who is a local, or not a local, but a indie performer on the scene. Um, you actually heard a few chants for her inside the crowd, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, Danny tried to have offense. Nyla said, nope, nope, no chicky. Not in my house. A um, couple little flurries of uh, punches from Danny, and then Nyla Rose just takes over. It's a sit-down powerbomb for the win. Nyla Rose gets to win at a minute 35. So, four matches into this show. haven't had a match that lasted 10 minutes. TV time, it may have lasted 10 minutes overall due to commercial breaks and inside the crowd. But at least on television, us fully watching a full screen, no 10-minute matches there. So, hey, <clears throat> you know, it is what it is. Keep you too mad at that, I guess, for some people. Um Up next, we get an injury update from Dustin Rhodes. He's a month away from in-ring return. He said he's going to be returning uh, to in-ring training in about two weeks. Basically, his arm shattered by uh, uh, Jake Hager whenever a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, in Charleston, um, the Inner Circle were beating up a little, a couple of members of the Elite, and Dustin Rhodes got his arm basically crushed by uh, Hager slamming the door on his arm. Nasty spot, but I was very interesting. So, uh, hopefully Dustin gets back soon. He gets back to returning inside the ring. Good to see him on either Dark or Dynamite. So, get well, soon Dustin get back into that ring, get stronger, get healthier. Can't wait to see it back inside the squared circle. After that, Tony Schiavone, the lovely Tony Schiavone, interviews the lovely Allie. Um, mentions Allie at the initial rankings for the AEW Women's Division. She was number four. Um... Interesting to see about that. She started talking a little bit about that. Said it was great to be in Nashville. Said, you know, I did appear on a lot of dark shows, so I'm now trying to transition over to Dynamite, show him I can do this. Get the chance to do that. And as that happens, the lights go out. And who do we get? Awesome Kong with Brandy Rhodes. They come out. Allie goes straight up to him, tries to fend him off. Kong demolishes Allie, does what she's done, or did what she did at full gear with B. Priestley's hair. Kong cuts a strand of Allie's hair, wears it on her belt as a symbol of prize, of you know something like that. It's very interesting. I'm interested to see where this connection goes. I'm interested to see what happens next. This new Brandy Rhodes dark evil mind controlling, just kind of a sadistic valet manager type thing, man. It's interesting. And She's got this powerhouse for Kong. And we all know the Kong versus Nyla Rose thing is going to come eventually. But uh, it's nice. It's, it's interesting to see what this women's division is starting to turn into, what it's starting to look like here. Riho, of course, is the women's world champion. So it um, be interesting to see on this Friday what the power rankings do look like as they release it at AE Wrestling on Twitter. Um, and I'm sure everybody basically posted it from there and shared it on social media on their various platforms. So uh interesting to see where Kong kind of lands on that, even though she really hasn't wrestled in a few weeks, months, whatever it's been. Um getting this character involved, getting Brandy some television time. Not sure if she's gonna be wrestling a whole lot, but I'm okay with her being a sadistic valet for a powerhouse in Kong. Should be interesting to see what happens. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we get to what probably is the moments of the night. This wonderful promo done by our Le Champion of AEW. Chris Jericho comes out, lays in a great promo, delivers a great promo, always does. The dude's a goat. There is no denying Jericho is a goat. He's starting to put himself in a conversation of uh, the Mount Rushmore wrestling guys. MJF kind of gets into that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Jericho plays up the crowd in Nashville. That's what he was supposed to do, and just a fabulous shot with that. So, kudos to Jericho, as always. And then we get the lights go out, and the little middle uh, part of the stage that lowers for Cody's entrance comes down, starts to lower up. We get that little ominous music, the lighting of it. People think it's Cody. Smoke clears. Right as the entrance music hits, we see who it is. MJF, and the crowd... Hated it. Great heel work. That's what a heel supposed to do. You give me that full entrance. You give me that middle thing going up. You give me going up through the stage. You give me that pyro. You give me that lighting. You give me that music. That's a heel, my friends. Not even 30 seconds of him appearing. You get the whole place booing his head off. That's a heel. Great work by whoever set that up. I loved it. I loved every piece of that. Um... And then MJF just cuts an absolutely scathing promo. Awesome promo on Cody. Saying that he was trying to take under his wing. That's not going to happen. I'm nobody's likey. You, you know, I'm too big to be under your thumb. I'm better than you and you know it. And finishes with that. Just an absolutely fantastic promo. By Maxwell Jacob Freeman. And then him and Christopher Jericho go back and forth. They banter about Little Birdie said that uh, to MJF that Jericho wanted him in the inner circle. And a Little Birdie told Jericho that MJF wanted to join the Inner Circle. So back and forth banter of, do you want me to join the Inner Circle? Do you want to join the Inner Circle? It was great. And then they got to, you know who's the biggest jackass in AEW? Oh, I know who the biggest jackass is. Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Cody Rhodes. Fantastic. The banter between those two was awesome. They hugged. So I'm assuming they're in the Inner Circle now. Don't know for sure. But before we get into a little bit about that, MJF is like 22 years old. Easily the best heel in the business. Can't be the, one of the most scathing heels probably in ever in wrestling history. The suit's keeping KFA alive, ladies and gentlemen. This is a, an 80s body in a 2000 teens figure. Heel-wise. Um, he can definitely talk people into the building, I think. People want to see his ass get kicked. I personally just love it. Love the fact that he's just, you know... Cutting and ranting and raving on every little thing. It's great. Just great. Um, Eventually, Cody does come out. Starts to beat up Jericho. Starts to beat up Jericho and MJF. And then we get this ominous-looking man that gets inside the ring. We get Wardlow, ladies and gentlemen. Wardlow makes his debut here in Nashville on Dynamite. Beats up Cody Rhodes. That's what kind of looks like an FU in a way, but not going to judge that. But then he gets Cody's tie. Wraps around this man's neck, throws him over the top rope, and basically simulates Cody hanging. Wow. We kind of got that. We basically got that at full gear between Moxley and Omega where there was a steel chain wrapped around somebody's neck and being hung off the top rope. Suddenly we got a tie. That's that's crazy. That's, uh... Sometimes a little hard to look at because you're like, okay, that's enough. But an interesting debut, a good debut for Wardlow. Get him into a kind of a big spot there. So uh, it was cool to see. Um, from there, we go to our fifth match, which is a semi main event between Adam Page and Pac. It is the rubber match. Both superstars do have a one um, victory between the two. Hangman getting his win against, uh, excuse me, Pac getting his win against Hangman in the first episode of Dynamite in, uh, in DC on TNT. Hangman got the win over Pack at full gear, and this being the rubber match between the two, happens again on Dynamite. The match starts out great. It's fast-paced. Um, both of these guys have great in-ring work. In-ring work. There we go. That's on Twister. I enjoy Pac's work. I enjoy Hangman's work. I do like both of these guys, so I didn't really have a I mean, I guess I like Heyman a little bit more, but I love Pac. Love the Miz Neville. Love him all over the place, man. The guy is very good in the ring. Such a talent. Such a seller. Such a just a brutal guy that can brawl, that can do submissions, that can do high flying. Pound for pound, one of the best uh, wrestlers in the world at the moment, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of physicality throughout the match as well. Also really enjoyed that. The crowd is very into this match. And like I said, they were hot pretty much all night. Some of the matches were not as into it as others, but uh, they, they were definitely into this from bell to bell sure had a lot of great near falls just an overall a very good match and then we get to a brutal finish where hey uh pack is just kicking the hell kicking the hell out of hangman pages head back of the head neck area just going to town on that man Gets up to the top rope, hits that black arrow, and then immediately puts on the Brutalizer. Gets the win at 11.53. So our first match of the night. Our fifth match, which is the same main event of a rubber match of a series of a feud. Finally gets over 10 minutes, and it deserves to do that. 11.53, Pack beats Hangman. Wins their series 2-1 to one in the rubber match. It's a fantastic, fantastic match. So I'm anxious to see where both parties go after this for sure before we get to the commercial break, we got a brawl that uh, involves the Young Bucks and Pride and Powerful, which is Santana and Ortiz that ended up backstage. Ended up with somebody doing a flip off the uh, forklift, which was insane. Go to commercial, we come back, they're still brawling. Um, just an absolute chaotic brawl from start to finish. A brutal brawl. Um, I enjoyed it. Shots the feud's not done over yet. So a lot of bad blood between these two teams. Going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few weeks as so we head towards the new year. Um, I wouldn't mind would not mind seeing these guys wrestle again. They had an excellent, excellent match, excellent match at Full Gear that opened the show. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Should be very nice either way. We then get to our main event of the evening. It is the Tag Team Championship match between the champions SCU. Frankie Cazerion and Scorpio Sky versus Le Champion, the AEW World Champion, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, with Jay Hager at ringside, the inner circle, of course. Jericho um, was getting beat up a little bit, put on a great show, went to the wrong corner, then went to the, his, his corner where Guevara was. Uh, that was pretty funny, but pretty good. Just a great sport uh, showmanship there by Jericho. Sammy G, man, he. He's a lot better than what people think. I really do. He's close to being a very big star in this business. Uh, Guevara is coming into his own in the inner circle. He looks better each and every week as he gets more reps, more comfortable inside the ring. He's basically right now the workhorse of the uh, inner circle. And Jericho is too. not saying that Jericho has not done nearly as much as work as you know Santana and Ortiz. But uh, Guevara is being a workhorse. Jericho is still going at it strong. The pride and powerful are just being the crap out of the young bucks we got Jake Hager that I'm interested to see him when he finally does make his in-ring debut and starts wrestling a little bit on AEW TV. That'll be really cool, really fun to see for sure. Um, Back to the match, though. Scorpio Sky and Kazarian do have great chemistry as a team together, and you wouldn't think that with uh, Kazarian and Christopher Daniels having that, um, being a tag team specialist. But Kazarian, Scorpio Scorpio Sky, really coming to their own for SCU, having great chemistry overall. Just a very good match. I thought it ended a little bit sooner than it should have. I understand it was at 10 o'clock. I'm not getting that, but I feel like the match should have started earlier. Could have done a little bit better with moving some of these segments around, making them either a little bit shorter or something like that, giving it you know, a little bit more time for this tag team match because I felt like I could have gone another five, six, seven minutes because I thought it was that good of a match. Uh, we get with the finish with Scorpio doing the small boy. Basically, how SCU won the tag team titles against the Lucha Brothers is how Scorpio Sky rolls up Chris Jericho and gets the win... And your winners and still AEW World Tag Team Champions at 11 minutes. So Cal entered SCU. And I found it interesting that Chris Jericho's first loss in AEW is a pinfall loss to Scorpio Sky. Not that that's a bad thing. It just shocks me because usually you see maybe the other guy of the team, like Guevara, take the fall instead of the world champion. So... You know, is is this a sign that Scorpio Sky is going to be a contender for the World Championship? Should be interesting to see about that. Jericho's been very high on Scorpio Sky in just about every one of his match scrums, his interviews. When everybody, whenever somebody's asking him about, you know, who's in AEW, who to look forward to, what kind of talent you guys have, what makes you different. He mentioned some of the talent's name. Scorpio Sky is always almost seems like in that list. So Jericho's high on him. And Scorpio's a very good wrestler. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I think it's very interesting how Jericho has kind of put him over in these media scrums and these interviews. And in this tag team match, Jericho gets his first loss in AEW by pinfall against Scorpio Sky for the World Tag Team Championship. So, basic question, does Scorpio Sky get a chance that he didn't pin Le Champion? Don't know. Always got to find out. Always got to tune in the very next week you know, to see what's exactly going to happen. So, uh, kudos to Scorpio Sky, though. Um, kudos to the SCU retain the titles kudos for Chris Jericho of letting Scorpio Sky get the first pinfall against him in AEW and their circle's got to do some regrouping here even though they got champion uh, I'm sure they want the tag team belts I'm sure they want everybody can possibly get their hands on so um, should be interesting to see. I thought it was very funny there at the end where Chris Jericho basically had a temper tantrum. That was a la WCW 1998 when he was going on a losing streak, and he was fed up with the company, and he would throw down David Penzer, rip his suit off, he would throw the chair, Um some fall around ringside, he'd grab a chair, slammed it against the ring post, and said, you know, I'm sick of this, I've had enough. Kept hitting it. Gave Devin Penzer a new suit the next week, said he wouldn't do it again, he did it again. That was classic Jericho. That was great. So that was cool seeing him bring that back up and uh, show that wins and losses matter. And he was very pissed off that they lost the tag team championship. That was his first loss in AEW. He got pinned. You know, felt he led his team down. Felt he let his group down. So kudos to that. And that was that was a very good ending. I thought. It's a strong episode of Dynamite coming out of full gear. Um, I really, really did enjoy it. So I'm anxious to see what's going to happen on this edition of Dynamite from Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. Between Darby Allen and John Moxley. I'm sure something's going to happen between Les Champions. Um, It's just going to be overall, I think, a very strong show again. So it should be very, very interesting to see what does happen on this next episode of Dynamite. So that is... Our Dynamite Review from November the 13th. It only took me a little over 26 minutes, 27 minutes to do that, which is great. That gives me a lot of time to get to our main event of the evening. It's a curtain call, ladies and gentlemen. And it's coming up and coming up next. But before we get to that, even though we do have a rebuttal against this guy and he's just... uh Throwing out some words and some phrases and some stuff we're not really liking. He's part of the Outlaw Wrestling Network, and we do have to plug his show. So, listen to Randall Beatley, listen to his plug for his show, Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, and after we do that, we'll come back, and we will get to our curtain call of the night, the hot topic of the evening. We respond to Randall, and we do it right after this.
2: Hey, y'all, uh, it's Randall Beatley of the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. You can find me on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, and any place you listen to your podcast for. If you want a no holds barred, no fucks giving approach to the world of wrestling, check out the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast.
0: Welcome back, guys and gals. To tonight's curtain call, where I take a hot topic, dissect it, give my thoughts on it, and let you the beyond the curtain nation dissect, agree, disagree, get some feedback, share your opinions about it, and go from there. So, in case you haven't noticed, uh that the episode I've been mentioning it. So our friends over at the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, Mr. Sir Randall, Randy Ram J. M. Randall, made a interesting episode. Uh gave a full gear review. Um did a ACH, you know, Jordan Miles um update and his opinion on that, and then gave his thoughts on the whole ratings, saying right ratings don't matter. Shamed a lot of AEW fans, shamed basically AEW as a whole. Yeah, he didn't really stick up for Impact or Raw or SmackDown or NXT, but he certainly was giving no love to AEW for sure. So, I'm going to be giving my opinions about that. And as much as uh, we have our our friends there from the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, as well as James, our boy from the Taking the Bump Podcast on the show, uh, I did listen to a little bit of his rebuttal this afternoon and this evening there are some things to do agree with him on however I did take the liberty to basically listen to all of Randall's podcast the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast the newest episode that uh, occurred the last couple days I actually took a listen to just about every bit of the episode to kind of formulate a big here a big, big 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 strong uh um formulated dissection of what he went through um I'm going to do the same thing that James did. I'm going to sh- let you guys listen to not all of it, but a good solid five-minute clip that kind of brings us up to speed on a, on a lot of what I'm going to be talking about. It's not going to be everything. I do encourage you guys, as he just played this podcast just a few seconds ago, or a few minutes ago, I, I will request you guys to listen to his podcast, simply because that way you can kind of get full speed as to exactly what is going on with this whole rebuttal thing. Yeah, he did fire or fire the first shot. James kind of fired the second shot. And here I am trilling at the third shot. So, yay. Rounding out the rear. But that's okay. Um, um So, I uh, want you guys to listen to this. Get your feedback in your mind before I let you listen to mine. And let you guys hear my take on what Randall did say. So, once you guys listen to this little clip of it, once again, it's not everything that he talks about and dissected, but it's a very, very, very thick and strong point as to what is going to be the genesis and synopsis of my argument, essentially. So, listen to this for a second, guys. We will come back, and this is where the curtain call happens.
2: Back to wrestling. Um... I just feel with the with wrestling now. A lot of times, everything's drawn out. Like the matches that, like everyone's like, yes, women are finally getting. There's, everyone's like, women are finally getting twenty minutes. There should be no match that takes twenty minutes on TV. I'm I'm sorry. If it's not for the belt, it shouldn't take twenty minutes. Now, that's my problem with in, with AEW right now. Is that. Especially with like people like any match that Marco stun is in should take three seconds Actually, I, I rephrase it. it should take four Bell should range to get kicked in the face and then pinned and then the match is over and That's fine for his character because what you could eventually do is build him to where he's tired of losing and Then you throw in that surprise win where he ducks the kick and and rolls and 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 runs off the ropes, and and it, and hits the dude with the move, and then jumps off the top rope and like then have like a five minute match, and he does like a surprise roll up, or where he ducks the kick, and rolls him up like does like a schoolboy roll up, and one two three and he wins. But his matches should not take twenty minutes. That match where it was him Jungle Boy. And the Lucha Bros in the tag team tournament should not have taken as long as it did. That should have been a five-minute match for the Lucha Bros. Destroyed for two and a half minutes straight, or three minutes straight. And um, Jurassic Express tried to do a comeback, like hit like two or three moves. And then Lucha Bros took over again and finished the match. It shouldn't have taken 30 minutes to have that match. It should not have. And then you have Orange Cassidy on AEW, which makes no sense. I get he's comic relief and he's fun, but it's stupid. Like, I don't get the gimmick. Like, what is there to it? Like, it'd be cool, like, the whole pants, or or, excuse me, hands in the pants thing. That's alright. I can see that. But is this what wrestling executives think is cool? Is this what wrestling fans think is cool? Because I don't want to blame creative. I think a lot of it has to do with the fans. You pan through the fans of an AEW show? They're a bunch of dorks. There's a reason I wore a mask. I didn't want to be seen with that group. They're a bunch of dorks you got gamer nerds and people who live in their basements of their mama's house who'd never go out and and who don't understand anything outside of wrestling like they make sports references on on like Corey Graves will make like a sports reference and I'm pretty sure there's people um, who watch the show who are like what what are you talking about Corey Graves I don't understand sports like, people didn't understand the draft. Like, when they did the draft, they had the war room. They, don't, they didn't understand it because they don't watch the NFL draft or the NBA draft. So they didn't understand it. And they were wondering, like, what the hell is this robot on, on the Fox war room? Guys, if you watched Sunday Night Football or, or Sunday Football Rundown or whatever the Fox Sports morning football show is on Sundays, you'd know what the, the robot was. I haven't seen the robots since I was, like, five years old. But these dorks who watch wrestling, these nerds who... Like, it's not cool to be a wrestling fan no more. It's not. And so we're get, like we get, and we're getting a bunch of new people who are like, oh, I'm going... Like, there's the people who are like, I'm just coming into the wrestling scene. Well, you're picking the wrong generation to get into it. If you came 20 years ago, it would have been an exciting, eventful time for you to be a wrestling fan. It's boring. It's lame now. Like it's almost embarrassing to say. Like, like it's. It gets to the point that a lot of times when I'm like, people are like, "Oh, Randall, you got you got Saturday off. How do you manage to do that?" "Oh, I got an event. I'm going to." "Oh, what type of event?" "Oh, it's just an event." I don't even tell them I'm going to a wrestling show because it's that uncool to go to 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 watch it and back in the 90s if it was 98 right you would go to your all like i work in a restaurant in a, in, a, in a kitchen uh at a fast food restaurant here in north carolina in the south it's called zaxby's right let's just say if this was 98 and i'd go back to that kitchen and be like yo, you see that wwe's coming to charlotte And they'd be like, yeah, man, I already got my tickets for I'm taking the whole family. It's cool. We're going to see Stone Cold and The Rock and we're going to see McMahon get, man, I wish I could be like Austin and tell my boss and give my boss, and give my boss the move. Right, right? That would be what you would talk about. Right, but now in 2019, if I were to go into, to work today, uh, I'm off today. But if I were to go into work tomorrow night, when I go in to clock in, and I and I ask anybody, hey man, did you, you see that WWE's coming? Well, in December 6th, they're coming to North Carolina again. They're coming to Fayetteville, which out of all the cities in North Carolina, you choose Fayetteville. That's how bad the crowd is. And I'm sitting here thinking, if I was a Fox like Zach, and the ratings suck, and the product sucks, and the fans are hating on it. And you chose Fayetteville, North Carolina for a live episode of Fox. Oh, excuse me, a live episode of SmackDown on Fox. Fayetteville. When was the last time a Fox production truck has been in Fayetteville, North Carolina? But <laughs> If I were to go into work today and be like, hey, man, you see WWE's coming to Fayetteville? Man, I think I'm going to take the whole family. Would get laughed out of the whole bill. Oh, you still watch that? I've actually had that said to me at work before. Cause I posted a picture of me at the WWE or a wrestling event. You still watch that? Aren't you a little old for that? Wrestling's not cool anymore, y'all. It's not. These ratings don't matter. They re- so there is
0: setting up of this dissection that we're about to get to the curtain call the curtain call the curtain call the curtain call the segment that we're going to be talking about dissecting exactly what our friend at Unhinged Wrestling Podcast Sir Randall just talked about so yeah so before we get to the ratings part of it let's just go ahead and uh, let's get this out of the way so um, He watches to make fun of the product and because he's bored. Why? Yeah, I don't watch Treasure Island. I don't watch, you know, any of these shows that I don't deem very good to make fun of it or because I'm bored. If I'm bored, I'm watching sports. I'm watching wrestling. <laughs> Fortunately, that's what I am very into. Sometimes I feel like I really uh, wish I wasn't into it because I'm so into it. I apologize to my girlfriend, Haley, for getting her mind just absolutely cluttered with sports and wrestling. Um, maybe if you still want to be with me, yeah, you know, I apologize. Just need to go to rehab for that. Anyways, um, biggest takeaway of that, man, don't be be a fan. Don't be a martyr. Don't be a guy that think it's cool to just trash on the whole product and think that you're above everybody else, you're better than everybody else because you think the product is shit. You think that everybody's company is horrible, they all do the same thing, they're bad, this and that. wrestling's not cool, this or that, whatever. Be a fan or don't be a fan. that's simple. Don't spend 40 50 bucks on merchandise. Don't spend 30 or 40 bucks on tickets. Don't spend your time watching the product if it's that bad. You're part of the Nielsen rating you're part of the numbers that come in every day of who watches what? You're watching the product. You're you're indulging to the product. You're promoting the product. You are the product. You're a mark of the product. Be get out of it if you don't want to. If you don't like it, you don't want to watch it, get out of it. Pretty simple. To me, the products for AEW and NXT are, at the moment, the two best in the industry. I don't care if the ratings do not suggest that because more people watch Raw, more people watch SmackDown, yada, yada. Don't care about that. Don't care about that. Personally, in my opinion, AEW and NXT are the two best far superior shows on television, wrestling promotional-wise. No longer is Raw and Monday Night the show to watch wrestling. No longer was Tuesday Night and now Friday Night the, the day to watch wrestling. It's Wednesdays. Every single week, we get to Wednesday, and everybody is hyped up to see what's going to happen on NXT, what's going to happen on AEW. Both are live. Both are at the same time slot. You're gonna flip back and forth, they're going to stick to one, they're going to stick to the other, they're going to watch one later, watch one now. It's great, it's nostalgia. It's great. Nobody cares about Monday nights anymore, nobody cares about Friday nights. Wednesday nights is wrestling night, Wednesday night is the night for people to watch wrestling. Ratings or not, <clears throat> that's just my opinion. Because people want to see these two companies. these more your diehard fans are going to watch it, of course. Because you're going to get the people that have grown up and watched Raw for years and years and years and years and years. Same with SmackDown. They're now adjusted to that. Especially for SmackDown. It's on network television now. More people have access to it. Ratings are what they are. Same for Raw. But, you know, that's just that. Speaking of that, Raw's been on for 25 plus years. And AEW's been on for seven weeks. Get the hell out of here with that whole, you know, your fan base is either $3 million for wrestling. You're barely even getting $1 million on TV. How are you going to compete with WWE? Well, NXT is under the WWE banner, bro. That's who they're competing against. Whether they want to admit to or not, AEW is in competition with NXT. Whether NXT or WWE wants to admit or not, they're in competition with AEW on Wednesday nights for that show, for that time slot, for that day. AEW is not in competition with Raw. They're not in competition with SmackDown. They're in competition with the WWE NXT brand. They beat them seven weeks in a row, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you think the ratings matter or not. They have. Just simple facts. Look at the numbers. AEW has had more viewerships than NXT. Whatever. I don't take too much justice into the ratings, first of all. I don't sit here and go, yes, AEW beat NXT again, 7-0. That's That's great. All board the AW hype train. NXT ain't shit. I'm not a part of that at all. I am not. A, I'm not in that at all. AEW's not going to have 2.7 million people watch their product when it's a brand new product. They've done a very good job with advertising it on all sorts of you know social media platforms. You know, buying ad spaces in Vegas, in New York City, in Chicago, LA, putting it on their tour on their city buses for the cities they're going to be into. They're doing a great job promoting it. Absolutely. And they're doing very decent numbers for a brand new wrestling product. Guarantee you, New Japan Pro Wrestling isn't pulling in these numbers. Women of Wrestling is not pulling in these numbers. Impact Wrestling is not pulling in these numbers. ROH is not pulling in these numbers. And especially NWA is not pulling in these numbers. All of which except for uh, uh, NWA is on TV. How the hell is Women of Wrestling on TV and not NWA? It's pretty sad. I'm not saying that women's wrestling does not deserve to be on TV, but it's sad that I've never heard of WOW. They're on Access TV. Where is NWA? YouTube. It's pretty sad when you have a lot more people you can reach out to in YouTube than you can in TV, and you're still not probably doing, I mean, you're probably doing better than them rating wise, number wise, but you can't get a TV deal. But anyways, hovering around a million is a great job for a brand new product. Being at the 2.5, 2.4, 2.3 that we SmackDown is on, it's normal today. I don't buy too much into it because, yeah, wrestling viewership has gone down a lot. Social media and, and the recording systems have gone up, way up, so factor that into it a little bit. But yes, wrestling has lost a lot of its fans, absolutely. People either grew out of it, didn't care about it, you know, read the dirt sheets and thought, well, this is fake, this is stupid, I don't want to watch it anymore, Whatever. But AEW is not going to reach the 1.7, 1.8, 1.9, 2.3, 2.4 threshold for years probably, if any. Because <laughs> you got to be a mainstay in the industry to even get to that point. And TNA has never gotten to that point. So I can't say that it takes 7, 8, 10 years to do it. But it's going to take a lot of years for them to even remotely get into that and consistently get 1.5s, 1.7s, 1.3s. You know? Raw and SmackDown got that because they've been on for 20-plus years. They've got the notoriety. The Monday Night Awards certainly helped that. AEW is only seven weeks in and on Dynamite, not even a year in as a company, and look what they've done in a year. In a year. Not even a full 12 months of this company being alive. Look what they have done. Easily the best growth of a wrestling company in history. That you cannot deny. Look at it. And, you know, not everyone watches both. He goes on to say that there's a mixture of 200,000 people roughly average that AEW is beating NXT by. And he's saying the 200,000 people, I guarantee you the 200,000 people, the guarantee word, man, that dude in the guarantee word is like 0 for 35. Maybe 1 for 36. But he's going to hold on to that 1 because it was guaranteed and he was right. Anyways... Not everyone watches both. I haven't even watched a full Raw in about a month and a half. I haven't watched a full SmackDown since the Tuesday before they went to Fox. I haven't watched a single live episode of SmackDown since they went on Fox on Friday nights. I'm spending time with my girlfriend and my, and my girlfriend's daughter. I'm spending time with my family. I forget the fact that SmackDown is even on Fox. With all the hype and all the buildup, I forget about it. Either the Capitals are playing, we're watching something, we're watching a movie, we're hanging out, we're doing something. Friday nights are kind of our nights to so just hang out, chillax, relax, or even go on a day night. I'm not even thinking about SmackDown. I forget about it. Hell, I forgot Survivor Series was even on this this month. It took somebody in my group chat to remind me that there was a pay per view this Sunday because I totally forgot about it. That's how much I am out of tune in WWE's terms. I don't watch NXT. I watched the first time NXT live last week. It was solely because the week before, AJ Styles showed up. And I'm like, well, now I kind of want to see what's going to happen. Who's going to evade NXT? What's going to happen? So I wanted to watch it. So I had AEW on one screen, NXT on my phone. Solely because I wanted to see what was going to happen. That's the first live, fully broadcasted show I've watched in its entire duration. Since the Tuesday before Samantha went to Fox. And then I think the week prior to that same week, I watched Raw fully. And I've watched bits and pieces of Raw to try to give it some hope. But I've not watched a single thing of SmackDown ever since it went on Fox. Okay, I lied. Maybe about two minutes of it on the debut episode and then maybe two minutes of the second episode. But ever since then, I have not watched a full episode of SmackDown. I have just fallen out of loop with it. I just don't watch it anymore. It's just not fun to me. I think Raw is boring and I don't enjoy it. You know what I do? Not watch it. I may try to turn it on, give it a shot, turn it off. That's it. That's simple. I don't watch the whole show and dissect it and think it's because I'm bored or it's fun to poke fun at the product. Because I'm some kind of nerd that thinks it's cool to watch and poke fun of a product that I don't enjoy. Who does that? Really? Whatever. Anyways. You contradicted yourself, by the way. You said everyone who watches NXT also watches AEW. And then you said a few minutes later, yeah, you know what, maybe not everybody watches NXT that, that watches AEW. Maybe that 200,000, they don't switch over to NXT or they don't watch NXT. So which is it? Are us the 2,000 people who solely watch AEW, 200,000 people, excuse me, that solely watch AEW also watch NXT? Or do we? is it actually possible to watch one show and not watch the other? Which is it? just want to be clear because I got questions. I need you to answer them, bud. Um, the best champion, he says, is Nick Aldis in the world. That's a very fair point. That's not a bad choice. This is not going to be a total bash Randall, shit on him, wait for his rebuttal. There's some things I actually do kind of agree with. One of them is Nick Aldis uh he in his mind that's the best champion i don't think that's a bad choice at all it's a very good choice he is a very all-around very technical sounded very savvy wrestler very good in the ring he is one of the best on the mic he presents himself as a champion he's got that that koi as a champion he's got that that uh, gleam as a champion represents the nwa very well represents a world champion very well i think the best fighting champion is okada I think he's just been one of the best uh, wrestlers and best champions that wrestling has had in a long time. Very long time. Um, But Nick Aldis is definitely on top of that list as well. Nick Aldis has definitely made NWA at least a relevant name. He's brought prestige to that title. He's made it important. He's tried to dress as a champion. He's tried to do everything like a Ric Flair would do with that NWA World Championship. He's done it. So kudos to him, kudos to Billy Corgan for, you know, keeping that title on him, for him to represent the NWA that he has. Um, You know, like I said, that's a very good choice for that. Um, But let's get into, he doesn't care about ratings. So I don't follow the rating system of it, but I do follow viewerships of things. Seems like you got a very 80s-minded wrestling where you don't want 20-minute matches. You want three to five-minute matches, probably shorter, between two big dudes just beating the crap out of each other. You need to go back and watch a lot of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, my friend, because that is when that time frame was ripe for it. Big juiced-up, sweaty-looking dudes beating each other up in a 20-by-20 20 20 ring. Go back and watch it because that was the time frame that we were in. That's a time frame that was catering to it. That's a time frame for that stuff. You said they get about three matches on NWA Power. It's an hour long, and most of its promos to build up storylines, build up characters, build up feuds. Okay. YouTube, just about everybody has it. If they've got internet, if they've got even, if they have mobile data, you can get on YouTube. YouTube is much easier to find. And Access TV, then BN Sports that MLW is on, then El Rey Network that some of these Lucha Libre shows are on. A lot easier to find. The most views that NWA Power has had since its inception six episodes ago was the first episode. Just like AEW, not gonna lie, AEW's had. Sp- You know, dropped in in viewership. Did rebound very nicely last week. We'll see what happens this next, this uh, upcoming Wednesday. But it was their first episode that has their highest viewer so far. 555,000 people watched NWA Power Episode 1. Not a bad showing at all. Very good numbers. Very good numbers for a promotion that basically has had very little advertisement very little namesake, just very little anything, and to be on YouTube and have that, it's a very good job for them, and I, and, and congratulations to them on basically coming out of nowhere at a left field and then making some noise, you're going to pay per view. I think in December, good for them. Keep doing what you're doing. You're different than one of these other people are doing in the wrestling business. You're bringing studio wrestling back. Good for you. Keep it up. However. However, episode five, five, cinco, episode five of AEW Dark, a little over an hour YouTube channel that features three matches, some promos. Tony Schiavone in the control center bringing everybody up to speed. I want to have it on Dynamite, previewing what's going to happen on Dynamite, also preview what may happen on Dark. Episode five. Five, not the first two, not the next two, but five. So three episodes ago, 595,000 views. Why? Why are people watching AEW more than NWA? Because they enjoy that product more. We're not in the 80s anymore. Nick Aldis is a fantastic champion and a fantastic wrestler, But it's portraying the character of an 80s guy. This isn't the 80s anymore. Sometimes what's old is new again. Sometimes what's old needs to stay old for a while. This is one of them. If people want, if this was your best way of watching wrestling, and I understand that sometimes what you think is the best opinion isn't the most popular opinion. But if your first episode has got 555,000 views and somebody else's secondary show that's on YouTube that barely gets promoted every now and then, and their 5th episode gets 595000 Come on. Take a back seat, champ. <clears throat> and then, let's get into the ratings. So, said ratings haven't mattered in 20 years. Why are they matter now? Ratings haven't mattered since WCW era. And the Monday Night Wars. Because there was no direct competition that mattered as much. TNA went up against Monday Night Raw for a few weeks, which was a bloodbath and should have never happened. I don't count that as direct competition. Technically, it is direct competition. Was it really, though? Because like TNA actually had a chance. They actually pulled a very good number, I think, once or twice. And after that, they are like, yeah, okay, this is just not what I thought it was. And that had Hulk Hogan on the show and Eric Bischoff and Sting and RVD, and Jeff Hardy and all sorts of people, and it still didn't do that. Like I said, I don't take stock into the ratings. I just enjoy seeing who views what live. And I just like to compare the two, viewership-wise. The NXT go up, the NXT go down, the AEW go up, the AEW go down. What's the plus minus? What's the net gain? Why does, you know, where's the demographic? How did it do in the top 18 to 49, you know, top 50, top 25, all that stuff. I like looking at the statistical numbers. Okay, are people who are watching it live also tuning back to it? People just wait until the next day so they can watch NXT. Are they recording NXT? Are they recording AEW? What's going on? What sports factor or what debut show or what's going on that's influencing some of these viewerships being lost? I like looking at that. But I don't look at it and go, (laughs) ha, ha, 7-0, baby. Let's go. AEW all the way. No. Eventually, NXT will beat AEW in the ratings. Cool. Great. Good for them. You know? So what? I it is competition to a certain extent, but between the two. Not to me about rating supremacy because they're both not pulling in a million. NXT hasn't pulled in a million, I don't believe, ever since it went live. AEW's done it twice, almost did it three times last week. So NXT's got a lot of work to do, but they've got a very good product, in my opinion. It's not that boring. No matter what you think it is, it's not that boring. When you give me the Undisputed Era, you give me Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, The Velveteen Dream, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, Pete Dunn. When you give me these guys on here and these gals, Shayna Baszler, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Iroh, Shirai, Dakota Kai. When you give me all these people on there, I, I want to watch that. I'm interested in that. You can't tell me there's not going to be a good product. AEW is the same way. There's enough guys on that roster between both. And I would even give NXT a little bit of a slight edge and, and name stay in the roster and stuff like that. But I just like seeing that. I just like seeing the dynamic of the viewership. It's just interesting to me. I just like seeing that dichotomy. I don't take stock into oh, 7-0 as AEW. Oh boy, NXT is going out of business. Come on, really? We're all not that stupid here. And then you had the audacity to say, you know, people only watch one brand. And they stuck to the one brand for the Monday Night Wars. You know, people didn't go back and forth. They hated people who watched WWF. They hated people who watched WCW. Really? You don't think a lot of people watch Nitro and Raw at the same time or flipped over? Really? The one number is a fraud to begin with because it's affecting both viewership of both numbers. So you could be watching one show and watch another show and you're affecting both shows. Come on. Really? Of course, the ratings were higher. We've already gone over that. Wrestling's not the same as it was. We don't know where the fans have gone. Whatever. But I don't take stock into the ratings, but if you're going to sit there and tell me that, you know, people were one side and not the other side. Really? 600,000 people turned from WCW Nitro to WWF Raw January 4th of 99 during the finger poke of doom. Before Tony Schiavone, or before that happened, and Tony Schiavone had that famous line of, given away that mankind won the world title from The Rock, and that was going to put butts in the seats, 600,000 people switched over immediately from Nitro to Raw. See that. Experience that. See that enliven their view, in their eyes, enliven on their television set. And then some of them flip back over to watch the end of, well, that atrocity that was Fingerpoke of Doom. But people flip back and forth all the time. All the time. If DX was on, people were probably going to flip back and forth. If the cruise rates were on, people were going to flip back and forth. If Hogan or Sting were on, people were going to flip back and forth. Rock and Austin are on, people were going to flip back and forth. Ministry is on, flip flip back and forth. Nitro Girls, Sable. Both shows had such incredible stuff between 96 and 98, early 99. People flip back and forth all the time. Their ratings were pretty close on most occasions because people wanted to see back and forth. Don't tell me that people were not watching Raw and Nitro at the same time. People flip back and forth all the time, but we still redeem that as a war. But people do that now, and it's not a war. So once again, contradicting yourself, but that's okay. Well, then it kind of irked me about your full gear review was the ramp. First of all, I gave you that idea about the ramp thing. I told you that was a WCW thing, and they did that. I didn't. I don't like that ramp. I don't like going from the stage to the ring with that big ramp up there and you're sitting higher above the crowd. I just don't like that. I don't know why, but I just don't. I feel like it'd be personal and into the fans and right there, right beside them as they see eye to eye and not looking above you. I don't know why. I just don't like it. WCW's done that. ECW's done that. TNA's done that. It's different. Haven't seen it in a while, so they brought it back. It's very hard in anything today to find things that are new. Orange Cassie is a new thing. As much as I don't like any some of these acts, Joey Ryan is a newer thing. You Gotta try some things. You gotta bring back some things that are old. They're new again. War games, hello. War games. What's old is new again. People love war games. I love war games. Wish they put a top onto it, but that's for a different topic and a different day. Some things you just gotta recycle. Wait for the apropos time to do it because it's been a while. Bring it back. See what it's like. Just different. People haven't seen that in forever, so it's just different. Like I mentioned, man, the big dudes that that are fighting that you like. Just watch porn if you want to watch big, two sweaty dudes fight each other. The the 70s and 80s are gone. The The styles of wrestling that people like are opinionated. Your way is not better than my way. My way is not better than your way. In your mind, it might be. In my mind, it might be. James's mind might be. Haley's mind might be. We all have what we like. Our styles are opinionated. It's like this country. It's opinionated. It's great about it. You can have your thoughts. You can have your debates. You can have your discussions. You can have your arguments on what you think is better than the other. In a day, you're going to try to convince that person all day long that your way is better. not going to happen because they have their own opinions. They formulate their own opinions based on what they like, what they've seen, what they've researched, what they've known, what they've liked over years. That's just the way it is. So while I can criticize and debattle you, your opinion is your opinion. I'm not going to change that. You're not going to change my opinion either. But it's fun to discuss, debate, see your thought process, see how well you've done, research, see why you like something. It's fun to do that. The styles are opinionated. There is something for everyone these days, though. But you've got to get with the times, man. It's not the 70s and the 80s anymore. But if you like that, NWA is basically like that. That's your style. That's what you like. If you want to say that's your brand, that's your brand. AEW is my brand. I love this style of wrestling. I love this product. I think it's very good. It's not polished. It's not perfect, but it's very good. It keeps me entertained. The crowd's always into it every single week. NXT crowd's pretty much the same. You don't ever see this on a Raw. You don't ever see this on a SmackDown I haven't seen Impact, so I don't know. I'm guaranteeing ROH doesn't have this kind of crowd. New Japan is a di- totally different kind of crowd, so you can't even really compare it to that. MLW, I don't know. WOW, I don't know. CMLL, Chippewa, I don't know. But I can guarantee you they're not doing that on NWA Power because you can hear every single pin drop every time somebody's in a ring. Whether that's respect, whether that's because they're not into it, I don't know. But the crowds are not different crowds like what they like what they don't like what they don't like but there's something for everybody you want to watch blood hardcore wrestling there's ccw if you want to watch japanese strong style NJPW. you want to watch edge product that's american television and wrestling you want to watch the old-school wwe way of what works what works they'll try some new but they're always there watch raw watch smackdown you want to watch something brand new that's ex- that's just newer, exciting. Got a lot of steam. Watch AEW. You want to watch the old school power stuff? Watch NWA. There's something literally for everybody these days. You can buy New Japan Pro World. It's on Access TV. I get that not everybody has this kind of stuff, but there are ways to watch it now. You can watch New Japan Pro Wrestling there. You can watch Impact Wrestling. Wow. You can watch MLW on BN Sports. We're all in USA, Fox, Smackdown Live, USA, NXT, TNT, AEW. You can find something that you like and watch it. You don't have to criticize every single company. Say, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, but I like this. Just talk about what you like. You don't always have to talk about what you don't like. Hell, I can get bored and repetitive of what you don't like because you're criticizing the product every week. Talk about the brand that you do like. Say what you did like about it, what you didn't like about it. Give something fresh and perspective so that way you're in tune with that brand. The 20 minute matches thing got me. Yeah, you want to probably save a lot of those for the pay per views, but if you only have three minutes of a match, five minutes and you're done, how you get a build up of how good they are in the ring? You're gonna watch three minutes of a match, seeing two dudes beat each other up, and he beats them in three minutes. I'm not gonna sit there and go, man, I can only imagine what that guy's done in 20 minutes. I'm sure it's gonna be a hell of a match, because by the fifth minute you're gonna go, damn, I don't know if they know how to work past five minutes. Are they even good enough to do more grapples and more wrestles? What's what's going to keep me entertained in this match? You build those 5, 10, 11, 12, 13 minute matches on TV to build up their reps, to show, okay, you know, get better in the ring, to show how they are. Sammy Guevara, you look at him week one versus now, I think is so much better as a wrestler because he puts on those 7, 8, 10, 13 minute matches. He's predominantly in. He's getting more of those reps. He's getting more comfortable in front of the audience, in front of the TV cameras. He's doing better. He's getting more polished. Having a Metro like Jericho is definitely a great help for that, for sure, because it's still the same as a very young guy. But you got to have these reps. you got to have these things. And NWA Power does a taping, what, four tapings in a, th- in a week? What the hell else does the rest of these people do? Do they have independent contracts somewhere else? And if they do, guarantee you they're doing more than three-minute matches, five-minute matches, I can only imagine what that pay-per-view is going to be like. It's probably going to be an hour and a half pay-per-view because we're only going to have seven-minute matches for every match on that show. Eight to ten-minute match for the for the main event. Come on now. Come on. Really? Twenty-minute matches are there for a purpose because it's supposed to showcase how good of a person is or how not good somebody is. <clears throat> you know, I, I speaking of that, the, the Jurassic Express Lucha Brothers match was 11 minutes. It wasn't twenty, it wasn't thirty, it wasn't twenty five, wasn't twenty three, it was eleven minutes. Yeah, I get it. it was probably still a little too long for the Lucha Brothers and the Jurassic Express. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. What I am gonna disagree with you on is the fact that it did not go twenty, thirty minutes that you like to criticize and critique because you don't do your research. There are ways to find out how long of a match is. The matches that we that show that we went to in Charlotte, almost every match was ten or more minutes long, except for the Sean Spears match. I enjoyed the hell out of that show because I liked the fact that I got to see wrestling. I got the fact that I got to see more than five, six minutes of a match on television and it wasn't the main event. Three or four or five of those matches, or I think there's only five on the show, so four of those five matches were ten minutes or more. I got to see what could Trent do. I already know what Pack could do, but I wanted to see what Pack can do at a WWE. Tag match between uh, Jericho, Guevara, Hangman, and Kenny Omega. Never seen Hangman or Kenny Omega fight, you know, in person. Awesome to see. I want to see what they could do. The Riho tag match. Some of those girls never heard of. What can they do live? You got to give me something. How am I supposed to know how good these people are and not good how they are because you're going to give me a three-minute match and then give me a 10-minute match on the pay-per-view? I got to know how good they are in the fucking ring. I got to know how good they are. You're not going to get good by doing three-minute matches and then doing a promo. Nine times out of ten? Not nine times. Probably six times out of ten, people don't really care much about that anymore. They want to see how good of a person is inside the ring. How athletic, how non-athletic, how much of a brawler, how much of a ground and pound, how much of a submission technique guy or gal. I got to know what you are. Then we get to the not cool part. Wrestling is not cool. It's not fun. It's not cool. It's boring. It's blah. It's blah. It's blah. If I took the whole family to go to Fayetteville. If I told everybody I'm going to SmackDown, they're going to be like, you still watching that? It's not cool no more. Wrestling not cool, y'all. Some people didn't grow up with wrestling. Some people are getting back into Some people are getting into this and have never watched it before. Or some casual fans that have never watched wrestling before that are watching either AEW or NXT or some of these other wrestling promotions. My girlfriend's a prime example of that. Yeah, she could just sit there and say with a smile on her face, I'm just watching for my boyfriend. Or she can sit there like she is and saying, we went to a New Japan show and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the style of it. AEW came around, it's kind of the same similar style. I fell in love with AEW, that's my brand. I appreciate it. I love the athleticism, I love the technique, the acrobats, acrobatics, excuse me. She loves that kind of stuff. She's a casual fan. She's allowed to like what she likes. Wrestling traditional hardcore or hardcore people like Jim Cornette and you who don't like that stuff. Oh well. Your brain is a dying breed. It is what it is. Times change. You got to live up to it. It is what it is. So, but why bitch? Why do you bitch but watch? Just why? you 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 bitch, you complain, you bitch, you complain, you bitch, you complain, you bitch, you complain. What do you like? And if you like it, focus on that shit. Don't sit here and criticize every little detail about a company. You don't see me sit here every single week and criticize what Raw is doing, what SmackDown is doing, what any other company is doing. I may say as an example that you think this is cool, but this is what this company is doing. Plus, I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown, so I can't really critique it. I can only critique if I watch a little bit of it on what I watch. So I can't even give a fair criticism because I don't know exactly how it is. I don't know if I'm actually going to like it or not, but I just haven't watched it. So what do I do? I like what I do watch, which is AEW. Love of NXT that I have seen. Criticize what I don't like about AEW or about NXT. Not that hard. Talk about what you do watch. and If you watch everything, you're a mark because you're watching everything, but you still think it's shitty. Whose fault is that? Your dumbass fault for watching the fucking thing. You have the choice to watch it or not watch it. If you're bored, but you want to watch it, guess what? You're a mark because you're helping that viewership rating. You're buying the merchandise. You're going to the shows. You're as much of a hypocrite as anybody in the world talking about that shit. Come on now. But people saying you still watch that, man, people said that in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. People said, you know wrestling's fake, right? Why do you watch it? Why do you watch movies? Why do you watch Star Wars? That shit's fake, but you still enjoy it. Good for you. I watch wrestling. I enjoy it. Good for me. Don't judge me because I watch people beat each other up in a wrestling ring. I'm not going to judge you for watching people behind an LED screen or a green screen pretend to be somebody in outer space with a lightsaber. Come on. We let kids watch kids shows because they're kids shows. Most of it's not real characters. Let us have the same aspect of it. We watch fictional TV shows because we find them enjoying. We watch all sorts of shit. Let us enjoy what we enjoy. So, after all this, you say you're excited for NXT TakeOver and you're excited for the payoff for Survivor Series, but if wrestling's not cool and if wrestling's not fun and it's boring and you do it to make fun of it, but you're excited for the payoff and you're excited to watch NXT, and you're excited to watch Survivor Series. What is it? Make up your mind. How can you say wrestling's not cool? Wrestling's not this, wrestling's boring, wrestling's this, wrestling's that. All negative adjectives or anything that's, you know, describing it. And yet there's an adjective. Yeah, I need to refresh my English, but whatever it is. Whatever your terminology is of describing what wrestling is. And yet, you throw the excited word. You talk about the things you are excited for, which is NXT and Survivor Series. So, there you go. You automatically claim we're into either NWA or NXT, saying that everything sucks. The product sucks. But, yep, you're, you're you're excited for the payoff. I'm excited for the payoff, but I think the product's shitty. Oy vey. Oy vey. That just makes no damn sense. The contradictoriness of that is just awful. It's just awful. I think it's stupid. You have the NXT pay-per-view the night before Survivor Series. Move that pay-per-view to its by-itself on a whole weekend two weeks later from that. You've done an NXT just on a Saturday night before with no WWE show after it. You can do it again. Build up the brand supremacy shit of Survivor Series Get that taken over care of first before building up your own pay-per-view that you're doing the night before. So how am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to get excited for any NXT match that features a person that wrestled the night before that supposedly should, should be selling some injuries here? But yeah, they're going to come out there and no-sell most of that stuff and just pretend it's fine. Explain that one to me. You can't because that's stupid timing and that's stupid creative. I get that they had to do something for the Saudi Arabia thing. I get it move the pay-per-view move it it's on the network and I get you're running the damn building but damn it you gotta you got do a better job with that if that was your goal the whole time was to do an NXT invasion angle you had months in advance to prepare for that you could have moved it give it two weeks even two weeks after Survivor Series so that way you can build up towards that pay-per-view for all the championships for all the feuds all that stuff Let this whole month be the brand supremacy thing of the NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown. And I don't know how the hell that five on five on five, 15 people in a match is going to go down. Holy hell, that's a lot of people. That's a Battle Royal, Royal Rumble S type match. And it's too many people in the ring. But there better be one person from each team representing that, or else I'm going to do shit all over it because that would make no sense. Anyways. I didn't obliterate you I didn't obliterate all you said because at the end of the day your opinions are your opinions and we're supposed to be different because we are different as people we're supposed to have all these different opinions all these different viewpoints all these different topics hypothetical things because we like what we like we don't like what we don't like and it's okay to talk about what you don't like but what you do like but watch the product not all the product is shitty your opinion of it it may be thinking it's shitty is a problem because if you can't find one or two or three things in either a company or in wrestling in general that you like, don't watch it. Don't be criticizing it and then come back and say you're excited for something if you shit all over the product 20 minutes ago. If you go up to Adam Cole and say, man, NXT is a pretty shitty product. Payment, hey man, but I'm excited about your match this upcoming Saturday night for the NXT Championship. The motherfucker's going to look at you and go, what? How did you just call my product and my company and my brand shitty, but yet you're ready for my match? While I appreciate the fact that you're complimenting me and you're paying to see me, these guys and gals work just as hard as I do. They put as much effort into their promos and their matches as I do. Yeah, I want to be the best match on the card, absolutely, but I know damn well that they can put on just as good as matches as anybody on this card. So how are you going to shit all over them but you're not going to shit all over me? Maybe that's me thinking that. Either way, I'm interested in Excited to hear what your opinion about that is, what your response to that is. Hell, maybe next week we'll have a three-way battle between Randall, James, and myself on this rebuttal. Problem is, is that it's mainly going to be a two-on-one because James and I generally have the same topic, but I don't always agree with his things. thinking, and I'm not exactly a huge fan of Impact Wrestling. Um, but we both know that we would team up on him, so I really want to be fair. But hey, you like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. Point is, is that there's something for everybody in this day and age. I can wear a wrestling shirt all day of the week. And if you don't think it's cool, that's your prerogative. I can wear a wrestling shirt or a sports shirt every single day. I don't care what people think. People ask me, what's that shirt? I'm going to say it's a wrestler. And if they either laugh at me or think that's a childish shirt or I haven't grown out of that. Hey, your opinion. What movie do you like to watch? Do you have any memorabilia? Do you have any shirts? Do you have anything about that? Mm. Well, hey, that's pretty stupid that you bought something that's fictional. Whatever. Hey, this 2019. You get to do whatever you want to do. That's the beauty of this. But at the end of the day, we're all different. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be unique. That's what makes us who we are. So enjoy what you like. Support what you like. Support your brand. Support your team. Support that. And if you actually generally watch something and you don't like it, yeah, you can say you don't like it. But at the end of the day, you enjoy what you enjoy. Hopefully, I didn't bore everybody to death, so I do apologize for a little bit long of a podcast by myself. Usually, we don't do these hour-long podcasts, but when you do a rebuttal like that, you took a lot of notes. You want to talk about everything that you basically digested, so you want to do a good job about it and have a good, strong case against it. You got to do what you got to do. Anyways, I do hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Curtain. Maybe we do more of things like this, where we do have the on-the-state-in-wrestling history, and if either there's a subtle, controversial, crazy Discussion between either us three or maybe outside the wrestling or inside the wrestling business that's not us, we may discuss that. So, guys, I cannot thank you enough for either listening to this, sharing this, all that good stuff. We need your help. We need your support. We need your feedback. So, if you liked it, give this thing a like. Follow us. Subscribe to us. If not, tell me why you didn't like it. Thumbs it down. Give me feedback. What did I do crappy? What can I do better? You can follow me on the Twitter at Beyond the Curtain. Without an O and beyond. So it's B-E-Y-N-D-T-H-E-C-U-R-T-A-I-N. Beyond the Curtain with no O. You can follow us on Facebook at Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. And you can follow us on all your favorite podcast listening devices. Spotify, Anchor, Google and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, anywhere and everywhere that you do listen to your all media needs. We are on there. Like I said, like us, follow us, subscribe to us. Share the crap out of this. Post why you didn't like it. Like what you like. Don't like what you like. But hey, if you did not like it, why didn't you like it? You need to know that. By the way, guys, it is November the 19th. And I also, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, in my honest day in wrestling history, I'm going to do it right now. Happy anniversary to my parents. 24 years strong, buddy. It's crazy. It's crazy for sure. But appreciate you guys. Love you for all that you do. Thank you for allowing me to live the life that I do so that I can do things like this and enjoy my time. So love your parents, love your mom, love your dad. Appreciate all of your support, and happy anniversary to you guys. I know you guys are going to enjoy this weekend. i going to sit back, relax, and just enjoy each other's time. Thanksgiving is coming around the corner, guys. Be thankful for what you do have. Be um, praying for all everybody throughout the holiday season to have safe travels to uh, spend some time with family and friends and uh, just overall have a good safe holiday weekend. Um, We will do another one of these next week. Like I said, stay tuned guys because we could be having a little round table discussion around the corner. Who knows? Either way, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your morning. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your day at work, school, wherever you may be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we will see you around the corner with Beyond the Curtain.